0: Resilience, this ability to recalibrate is really how I think of resilience. The ability to recalibrate where, okay, things got thrown off. I I got distracted, I got discouraged, I got confused. The economy went crazy, the market's all over the place. And recalibrating toward action and progress is how I think of resilience. It's a recalibration towards two things, action and progress. Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success, so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's mastery program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life, to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, Every single week, we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high-performance mode to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing Your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp Let's go, party people! Hi, all. What's up, buddy? Good seeing you, Chris. Wow, this is an awesome group today. I appreciate you having me in. This is so great.
1: Yeah, likewise. Uh, we are we're on our fourth of, of these calls, Brendan. And and whether people think uh, they're just showing up for one, or whether 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 they realize it or not, this has been sort of a strategy that you and I kind of worked on. Gosh, going back some months ago about like yeah. what is what does our industry need? What does the real estate industry need? And and we've taken on confidence. That was our first session together. We moved to consistency. That was our second session together. We talked about focus, which was our third session together. And now here we are for our fourth one. Um, and I asked I asked you to come in, and like meet us in this in this conversation of resilience and mm-hmm. how do we remain resilient? And and actually, even isn't even as I gave it more thought about this remaining resilient. That almost implies that we always were, or that um, you either are or you aren't. So I wanna I wanna actually maybe dispel some myths around the topic. Um, but but maybe just start. Um man, you have you have coached and continue to coach and and, and lead uh, some of the some of the best and, and biggest and brightest performers across all industries. Like define for me what resilience means to you.
0: I'll start with that little piece you mentioned there is like, are we, do we always have it? Did we ever have it? And I think there's a lot of high expectations, especially in this group right here about resilience with with yourself and the other people that you might have on your teams. You just expect everybody should just be able to bounce back from chaos and distraction and change and upsets and failures. And everyone should be able to bounce back, you know, immediately. And the problem around the conversation about resilience is that so often people think that that's what it means, that you bounce back as if it's like hit the mat and you're up again, like a prize fighter or something. Mm. But I like to tell people resilience isn't a timed act, right? Just like if you lose somebody, grief is not a timed act. Nobody has the expectation that your grief after losing somebody is going to be you know, over next week, when you go back to work on Monday. Mm -hmm. And yet we have this weird culture expectation that resilience has to happen immediately. And what you learn is resilience, this ability to recalibrate is really how I think of resilience. The ability to recalibrate where, okay, things got thrown off. I I got distracted. I got discouraged. I got confused. The economy went crazy. The market's all over the place. And recalibrating toward action and progress is how I think of resilience. It's a recalibration towards two things, action and progress. And sometimes that, that recalibration, it takes a few weeks to go Wait, wait a minute. You all see that rug pull over there? <laughs> and you're really confused about where you're at? Sometimes it, it like that's the thing with everyone watching. Your job as a leader, but also as a high performer, as soon as something there's a disruption of any kind, good or bad, your job is to as quickly as you can recalibrate, okay, in this changing environment, what are the next right actions of integrity for me? And how do I get progress again? That, to me, is what resilience is outside of the academic terms, because I think academics often get it really wrong, by the way. Resiliency is often talked about as a trait. I don't believe it is a trait. I understand why academics talk about it that way, why psychologists would believe it to be that way. But even a trait only shows up over the long term after the real thing that happens, which is a choice. There is this choice, when you get knocked down, when you get frustrated, when things aren't going well, to recalibrate, to take action and progress again. And not everybody makes that choice. Not everybody makes that choice fast. But the leaders, that's the way we're here together, as a leader, as a high performer, to get into the action, to choose, to go, Okay, I didn't like this. I'm going to choose to recalibrate right now. And I think that choice is where all the magic actually happens.
1: Yeah. I like that a lot, largely because it 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 forces the definition to to bring in uh, the ability to to develop resiliency because you have to choose to do it. But almost going back for a second, um, you, you mentioned sort of the academic definition or how they like to 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 term resilience. Interestingly enough, it it always involve involves time, which which you've dispelled. Like you've said, wait a second, right. like please don't put a time frame on resiliency or say because you haven't acted within a time frame that you are not resilient, because they they use terms like quickly, right? Withstanding or recovering quickly, to, to bounce back into shape is, is another definition of re- resilience, which right. which it's not, it's 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 good for us to think about loss like that's your your example like when when people suffer loss you you may actually recover or deal with that loss completely differently than me on a yes. different time frame and it doesn't mean that you're meant you're not managing loss it just means you're managing loss differently so i love the i love the permission to recognize that just because yet you, you fell down Today and you're not back up tomorrow doesn't mean you're not resi- you're resilient. If 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 maybe it took you a week or two weeks, or, or maybe, maybe you were off your game for that, for for three or four weeks, it doesn't mean that, well, shoot, you're just not resilient. You, you don't have a shot. It, it means you haven't show maybe made some specific choices, but everybody's on their, their time frame for resiliency. And 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 then I guess the question would be and and tell me if i'm just being 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 a jerk but can i shorten it like can i can yeah. i get quicker and and what right. are what are the steps to do that
0: yeah um well let's explore that a little bit because the question that goes along with time is the target and this is where a lot of people don't understand resiliency because they've never actually coached other people so if i have a struggle in my business what does resilient mean? Does it mean that, okay, I had to struggle in my business and one month later, I'm back to profitability. Does that mean I was resilient? Like, how do we measure it? Because see, the other thing that academics often get wrong or other people just talking about it, like armchair psychologists, right? They forget that resilience is also categorical. Let me give another example outside of the grief example. One time I, I broke my kneecap. Okay, I broke that kneecap. I was in that cast. How do we measure resiliency? The speed in which I'm back on the running track because I was in track, Mm. Is is that resilience? I got back on the track? Or was resilience the fact that I had a broken leg, it sucked, but I kept a great mindset and I kept showing up for my PT on a consistent basis to try to develop, to try to get it back. So where did resilience happen? The day I got on the track? the moment i chose to start having a good attitude to accept this as a challenge that's where it began okay i'm going to accept this is a broken leg didn't want it but it's real i accept it i see it now i'm gonna make the choice to go through this as the best as i possibly can each day summoning the best attitude i can to me that's the resilience and i say it's categorical because remember resilience for two different people one that resilience well it's physical you know she's up hopping around she's going to pt to fix her leg another it's mental she's staying in the right mental mindset she's not getting discouraged and quitting another people another category is social you know what she's going through it it's struggling but you know what she's resilient because she's reaching out and asking for help she's connecting with other people she's not turning into a jerk to other people other people it's spiritual you know what everything has been lost, everything is terrible, but I maintain my faith. I maintain my connection to God or the universe or the flow or whatever your belief is. So you see, it can be, it can be mental, physical, emotional, it can be, you know, financial, it can be professional, it can be spiritual. So when we start thinking about resilience as coaches, we get a little bit more nuanced because we understand these two things that are happening. The time it's going to take, but also the target. What determines whether or not you were resilient. Because a lot of people right now, especially in this industry that place is playing in, right? There are plenty of people who, if you look at, you know, number of sales this month, it might not look like it looked two years ago. And if the target has to be the same as it was two years ago, well, we say, well, you're not resilient, they lose confidence. They're like, ugh, I'm not where I was. But actually look at their behavior like, whoa, they're They're doing the prospecting. They're having the conversations. They're moving the deal. The deal flows are a little different. They're measured differently now in this new context. So it's important when we talk about resilience, there's new measurements, there's different categories, and there's a time horizon. And those three pieces, when you think about them mentally, you tend to not get so discouraged because how easy it is to go, well, I don't make as much as I used to be. I suck. (laughs) Well, that's one measure. There's yeah. all these other measures. You're still a good mom. You're still doing the prospects. You know. I, I hope that makes sense. Yeah,
1: it does. It, it works. It works brilliantly in our industry. I, as I as I think about that, it also means that um, the one of the one of the greatest sort of destroyers of resiliency is discouragement. Yes. And yet, if we don't define resilience or our target properly it is impossible to be resilient like we are we are fighting a losing battle if we start off with the wrong definition
0: yeah it's just like the definition of success right sure if you don't know what that means for you Chase. you're on this ever growing sped up hamster wheel of opportunities people who don't define success this is a very interesting psychology by the way people who don't define success for themselves have like a quadruple chance of experiencing burnout multiple weeks or months in a row. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, so so it's the same thing with resilience. Like, what does resilience mean to me now that I broke my leg? What does resilience mean to me now that the market has 60% less inventory? (laughs) You know, I don't know if that's true, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, when these things change, my expectation might shift. But the most important thing I want to come back to is, one, accept it. Broken leg, market shift, loss of something. Second to consciously make the choice to get back to action and progress in whatever category or way you define it. If there is no conscious choice to summon the best of who you are and get back at it, then resilience in any capability Mm -hmm. won't be there. I think the important thing is right now, people are very conscious about the choices they're making and the attitude they're bringing in context of change. Because if your attitude sucks, I mean, and you do get some progress, but in that category of mental health or mindset, if your mindset and your mental health category isn't resilient because your attitude sucks, but maybe you did get some progress and you did make the sale, guess what? It feels empty and it feels like a slog versus a joyful, purposeful ride.
1: Yeah. And I think some of those things that you're touching on, we will we will probably unpackage or I hope to unpackage as we go through like how do we build it? How do we build resilience? Yeah. One, of the, one of the questions uh that I see uh, I think is, is relevant. It's it's one of mine too. So I'm gonna ask it. Some of us feel that, well, we we build resilience by going through stuff, right? Like yeah. you go through challenges and you figure out how to get back up and you go through another challenge, and this one's harder, and you get back up, and and so you're building this resilience muscle. So is that required? Like, do we have to go through difficult things to gain resilience? What is is your take or perspective on that?
0: Or what have you seen? Yeah. Um, Earlier, I kind of decided or defined resilience as a choice to recalibrate back to action and progress. And I, I bring that back up again as a definition or at least a conversation here. Because You know, There's this myth that, well, if you've been resilient a million times before, you'll be resilient this time. And the problem is, no, you will only be resilient this time if you make the choice. I know a lot of people, as you do, who they've been through, they've survived hardship after hardship after hardship after hardship. But this time, they don't get off the mat because they didn't make the choice. And so the beauty there is, yeah, if you've been knocked down tons of times and you got up, you did. You developed it as a muscle right it's easier for you it's more conditioned for you it's kind of like if you used to run 5 miles and today you have to run 1 it's easier for you than a, a person who's never ever run a mile right they're yeah. gonna. it's going to be hard for them but you have a you got some conditioning in the body and the mechanics so i do believe prior resilience is a strength today yeah but it hangs on the choice
1: yes so so the reason why it feels that way in the real world it's because we have now built that muscle or we have the habit of making a choice which makes making any choice again easier and again easier and again yeah. but not guaranteed not automatic and and it isn't the only way to 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 show up resilient if this is the first time in our life a lot of people on the call are new they're new to our industry right. right they 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 were never in an industry before where where they got beat up by nose or got beat up by a market or, or right it was just a i do this i get this i do this i get this and all of a sudden they're like oh wait i'm going to have to deal with this period of time where where i might not see the results and and so now what now i need to build resiliency in order to get through it you're saying listen like you can make the choice for the first time, or maybe you've made it seven or eight times. Maybe it's a habit, maybe it's not, but a habit starts somewhere. First choose, choose resilience.
0: Yeah, you have to choose. And and listen, I've been blessed to work with Olympic competitors in almost every field. And they make the choice to get back up. If that first match or that first round or for that first competition or that first fight, when they... Fail when they get knocked down, there is a mental recalibration. It's like, okay, I got to choose to let this go to understand that happened, and I got to choose to show up right now. And I have to choose right now to to be here. Like, Mm -hmm. I was talking with my friend, uh, Ben Newman yesterday. He's, uh, you know, one of the world's mental conditioning coaches for sports teams, especially like college football like you know the big teams you know Crimson Tide and and Michigan and uh you know he's worked with you know teams from the last six Super Bowls so he's a he's, he's a real talent and a great friend and he and I both have this language about how you kind of have to see the world where it was but then you have to right now lock in and face this next thing, be where your feet are now and really engage now and make this choice to win. You have to make the choice to get up. You have to make the choice to get healthy. You have to make the choice to make the next call. You have to go, okay, this disruption, whatever you call it, I just use disruption as a broad category for all the chaos in the world. Let's just call it disruption. Disruption happened in your life. There is a moment where you choose to re-engage to lock into the tasks and the activities again, because you want to win. You want to win at life. You want to win the deal. You want to earn more for your family. You want to succeed in your neighborhood. Whatever it is, it is such a conscious choice. And every athlete I've ever worked with and every executive, there's that switch when it happened. No one, I believe, accidentally falls into resilience. I've never seen it. I mean, maybe there's a, a luck. I do believe in grace. I believe in, I have faith, so I believe in God. So I believe there's there's some kind of thing that can happen and, and grace happens. But for the most part, if resilience happens in a time frame in which you're proud of later, if resilience happens in a time frame in which you are proud of later, you made a pretty quick conscious choice. To get back in the game even if the struggle is real for several months before categorically it looks like you succeeded and you're resilient you got your head back in the game and i think that's why i admire place leaders because they're they're not running away from the reality they're going okay it is, lock in double down face it win and that attitude is what makes this group different yeah
1: i think I think it's interesting as as we even get ready for our our Built How event, which you've been such a big part of, prep, content, all of that, right? Have um, taken that stage many many times with us and 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 drive that. Uh, our theme for for this year is we were built for this, right? Like we are built for this, and so I, I think I think that goes to something I was thinking about when you were just talking that it also means that we can do pre work. It also means that we shouldn't get to that moment and then be forced to figure out, are we going to make that choice because something has disrupted our business or we're behind on our goal, or we, we feel less than we felt last year, all of a sudden the award that we thought we were going to get, we're not getting because we like it just has not shown up. And so I'd love to have this conversation of the pre-work because I think that that smooths out that, that opportunity for us to make the right choice around resilience. I think to myself that there are certain keys to to as I think even internally, like how do I build resilience? Like what in me allows me to, I mean, 26 years later in the same industry, go through lots of ups and lots and downs and and wins and 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 face punches and and all of it. <laughs> like there was a there's a couple things. And and I want you to sort of, you know, fact check me or 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 say, hey, like yes, that's a that's a yes or it's a no. Yeah. I think that purpose build resilience because it, it then there's no choice to make there's no choice in purpose if this is my purpose the choice was made by choosing purpose and maybe we can talk mm. about it um I think that mindfulness uh like if I if I practice mindfulness and 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 what that truly truly means then then choice is easier it makes my it it, it makes resilience easier um yes confidence. Like yes. that, that, that is a, a developed quality. Like I, I am a, you know, I'm not confident in every area of my life, Brendan. Like you know me as a as a human, as a person. Like, like I think we all have insecurities, but I am very, very confident in in certain parts of my life. And that drives resilience. I think yes. emotional intelligence is kind of the fourth one that shoot, like without that, resilience is 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 just like it's almost a non-starter. And and I also think that the last one is self care, like truly taking care of ourselves, whether that be physically. You talk a lot already today about mentally and emotionally being prepared to make that choice. So as I as I think about those things, any one of those or two of those jump out and say necessary for resilience. What what speaks to you?
0: They all jump out. Yeah, I think that's a great menu. You know, and the not beauty thing, the beautiful thing of what Chris just shared with everybody here. I would bet in, in in this group, you know, yeah, you're seeing purpose will jump out quite a bit. And so I think that's a, 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 a great starting point. And what's beautiful about this list that you shared is every single one of these on its own is sufficient to get you there over time. When you stack a few of them, now we're speeding up that time. You know, a lot of people, they'll take care of themselves, but they'll get d- disconnected from purpose. So they won't move. Right. A lot of people that have the emotional intelligence to know what's going on, they'll have that high self awareness and that sort of sensory acuity of what's happening for them, but they won't have the confidence to get back out there, even though they have the awareness. So I think all these stack really, really well. I would say if we could underlie it all with like a, a, a division line, if you will, to create a foundation beneath all of that. All of that rests on a very simple thing in human psychology, so forgive me for the simplicity in this. You are either going to avoid or you are going to assert. And the thing that kills resilience every time is the avoidance, and I'll give another example. Uh, what, long before I met you, when, when I started my career, uh, in, in my career when I started writing books and teaching and coaching, I went broke. But I was getting credit card bills, you know, coming to coming to come into the apartment. I wasn't opening them. Mm-hmm. I was stacking them over there. I knew what they were, but I had this stack of unopened bills. I don't know if anyone can relate with what I'm sharing right now, but I had an, a stack of unopened bills. This comes up to me because you asked about earlier, which I thought was so brilliant. It was about the pre-work. The pre-work means you look at it, you look at reality, you engage it, right? For example, you can't come out of a market if you're not doing these calls that I know places, so many leaders you guys do here uh, with your teams about what is the market? What are the numbers? What is the inventory? What is the sales? What is the average per acre or lot or foot or all the other fancy things you guys know about? It's like, if you don't look at that stuff and you just avoid it and hope that some deal is going to come along You're not engaged in the pre-work. In other words, you're not asserting yourself in the very industry or the very thing you need to do. I had to, at some point, look at the bills and ask myself the honest question, what do I need to do to earn that much to make that minimum payment to start moving out? Then I had to assert myself and go, okay, how do I go do that in the world? And then I had to do the next thing, which I think is so uncommonly discussed in resilience. I learned this from the athletes. a word that usually doesn't come back with resilience, but I actually think is a form of purpose. And that is, you have to raise your ambition again. Because what happens is you get knocked down, the bills pile up, and you get caged into this circumstance. Your mind gets caged into this level of sales cage into this level of bill, And all of a sudden, your vision narrows so acutely to the problem that there's no drive to the future. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's no connection to having a dream anymore, wanting to fight for somebody, wanting to build something. What, what pulled me through that time was I wanted to build a great life for my wife, who you know. And I just, I wanted to, I, I wanted to have an amazing life for her. And so I had to connect with that. When I was down, when I was discouraged, when I wasn't opening the bills, that was me. That was my insecurities. That was my lack of confidence. That was my shame, my embarrassment that couldn't take a letter opener and open it and look at it. That's because that was me. But sometimes being resilient means you connect to a better future for you and somebody else, for you and the kids for you and your wife or husband or partner, for you and your team. Because a lot of people, when they get knocked down and they're only in a selfish mindset, they're like, I'm gonna stay here. But if you got someone to fight for, that resilience time, that speeds up. You make the choice to fight for them, to recalibrate, to assert yourself again. And that's what I've always found. People who keep avoiding, they're doing it because they're in survival mode and they're only for themselves. When the switch happens to be assertive again, it's because they're usually fighting for somebody else, and I would tie that to the conversation of purpose or ambition.
1: Yeah, Brendan. Just for a, for a moment, you said there was a phrase and and sort of a, this imagery that you you sort of painted in in that statement, and and I, as you said it, I thought about more than more than five or six conversations I've had in literally the last seven to ten days, and it was that we are we are now we have built this cage that we see our current reality in but the cage can can very quickly become our future as well based on the, the current situation and, and what i what i'm hearing right now is i actually maybe 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 i don't want to build this as as big as i thought i wanted to build it May, i i can't i'm good i'm good like i don't i don't right. really need to do this anymore and what i realized is happening in those statements that's what it is i have caged myself by the way i've also i've also looked at all the people that i really care about and i've actually invited them into that cage as well and now i'm going to try to sell them on this cage uh-huh. but 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 that has happened and that's that assertion that that we've sort of lost right like like, you think about it you you painted this picture and i see i see certain people in in that by the way i'm not i'm not i'm not saying it couldn't happen to all of us or any of us all men that were like listen i'm good i'm good right here like i I don't need that and that's just because i'm not making a choice to deal with it or to to be resilient through it and i've now caged myself in and i think it's it's a it's a it's a massive takeaway for each of us to say hey where has that shown up for me? Has some of my language indicated that I've just accepted a cage or I, I, I'm, I'm stepping into one? Shoot, did I already did I already lock it? Where's the key so I can unlock it? Who do yes. I need in my world to help me open up that cage? Like all that is just sort of running through my mind as you explain that sort of a side of, of, of what was underlying all the things that led to resilience underlying that, as you mentioned, the foundation of it is that very thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. And maybe this helps people to write down sometimes for yourself or your team or the reality and and why it's so important you're doing what you're doing here with Place, everybody, is because human beings, we tend to lower our ambition and assertiveness to the immediate context and circumstances and people that we are interacting with. So when we are broke, we tend to allow ourselves to lower all our ambition when we are, you know, avoidant, we find other avoidant people. And this is not just my opinion. This is like literally sociology will show that there are certain cultures and contexts in which high achieving driven people, you put them around a bunch of five complainers and literally over a period, not, listen, not a period of months like we think, or years like we think, they'll do goal attainment surveys. So they'll take a high performer. Right. They'll ask them to describe their future. They'll give them a a psychological survey. Then they'll put them in a room with like five, six complainers. Then they'll come out, they'll do a similar battery of tests and journaling activities. Then they'll put them in another room with more complainers. And then they'll do another battery of tests. And then they'll put them in a room with one positive person. And every single time that person's the language that they use to describe the future. Is pulled down. And we have to understand, though, that when we get around people, like that one person who lifts up, that is so key to your resilience. Your resilience as a human species is so sociological. And we don't realize that. This is why you need to know other agents in your neighborhoods. This is why you need to go have those conversations around the the, the, the you know the coffee table that are ambitious. This is why you need to get around people who have a good attitude even if the market sucks sometimes because that's always going to happen. And the important thing is that about high performers, I think this is really important because high performance is literally defined as long-term success while maintaining positive relationships and well-being. Well, real high performers who are the most resilient, they're playing a long game. They know you still have to build now what you're building now is the flywheel for when things get easier. And if you don't recognize that, it's because you're avoiding the now and you're staying in the circumstances. You're lowering your mentality and your ambition and your assertiveness to meet the complainers or to meet the difficult situations. But you got detached from that future and you forgot, oh no, you're in training camp right now. You're building the flywheel right now. You're doing the conditioning right now. You're running that five miles right now so that later when all you need is to do that one, it's a lot easier. Hey, it's Brandon. I'm jumping in here to tell you about another show on the Growth Day Podcast Network. Yes, both of my shows are on the Growth Day Podcast Network. My show Motivation with Brandon Burchard and Marketing with Brandon Burchard. Those two shows are sponsored by the Growth Day Podcast Network, but we have four other incredible shows that we have launched with. The first show is Straight Up with Trent Shelton. Trent is just an incredible motivational speaker. If you've never seen this guy on stage or listened to his podcast, go subscribe to Straight Up with Trent Shelton. He's got over 12 million fans online. Why? because he just brings the fire. He's so incredibly passionate. He's so knowledgeable about the struggles we have with our mental health, with our relationships. Um, And like I said, he's just absolutely a beast on stage. When you see Trent bring it, it's so incredible. Well, his podcast is a reflection of that. I mean, Trent's one of those guys charging 50 or $100,000 per keynote talk. And you can go access his podcast for free. That absolutely blows my mind. So I love podcasting. So go just subscribe to Straight Up with Trent Shelton. It's an incredible show that will keep you inspired. You'll hear about his real life struggles as he's trying to deal with his health. You know, being a former NFL player an athlete when he gets injured or how he's trying to build his business or how he's trying to maintain positive relationship in his life where as a creator, you know, so many people are judgmental. He's an incredible force in this world, a great friend, and somebody I know you'll learn a lot from. I just love his episodes. So go to Straight Up with Trent Shelton and subscribe today. Hey, gang, it's Brendan. I'm gonna change gears real quick and talk about another show here on the Growth Day Podcast Network. Lori Harder. Her show is called Earn Your Happy. This is a monster podcast if you've never heard of it before. Earn Your Happy is all about Lori talking with people and sharing her own journey of being an entrepreneur and trying to find happiness in life. And I love her phrase, earn your happy. You know, if you've ever heard me tell my car accident story, I felt like at that moment, I got life's golden ticket, that second chance. But I also felt like this, this feeling that I had to earn it, to earn that second chance. So when I got to know Lori, and she told me her show was called Earn Your Happy. I was like, ah, oh, it's one of my favorite words in the English language, earn, to earn the gifts we've been given, to earn the life that we want, to work for it, to strive for it. I just love it. And Lori is like listening to her episodes. I told her the other day, I was like, it's kind of like listening to a best friend talk about you know their ambitions and what they're trying to do. And she's such a great interviewer as well, by the way, that I think you're gonna get new perspectives about life. You'll laugh a lot, you'll be motivated, and you'll learn from somebody who's out there actually doing the work, building a great business and life and family. Go subscribe. To Lori Harder's podcast, it's called "Earn Your Happy." You can subscribe anywhere you're listening, including right now on this platform. So please go subscribe to Lori Harder's "Earn Your Happy" podcast.
1: One of the things that um, was in my mind, even in our for our conversation, we chatted about it briefly, was what what gets what gets in the way of resilience. And and interestingly enough, like. Positive relationships are key to resilience, which which yeah. the alternative to that, you know, is why there's an expression that exists that misery loves company, because as, as oh wow we're complaining right yeah, and as and as we as we sort of have lowered the ambition based on on the market that we're in or the situation we find ourselves in. We oftentimes collect those people. Like all of a sudden, ambitious people just are not exciting, to, or or may not be exciting to us. We're like, oh, there's Brendan again. Like, and he's always yeah. well. No, <laughs> you're, you're like are as well. But the challenge is right at this moment. You have decided that you don't actually want to, to be around those ambitious people. And that is why we we believe so, so strongly in the power of partnership, because research shows that, that resilience is not purely an individual characteristic, but it's right. enabled by these strong relationships and these networks that we build. And we build that re- resilience and we grow and strengthen that resilience by, by being around people that maybe, maybe I'm not today feeling wildly ambitious but then i sit and i talk with someone that is at a different place and and they are they see the world differently for that yes. day that's all i need that's all yep. i need to like open up that door and say well what cage was i building today like let's get up let's let's get re re with the ambition that i know is there why because it's built on purpose it's 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 built on mindfulness right my my ability to recognize like where i am why i'm here like that's how i by the way that's how i think about mindfulness it's it's like it's a, it's being present like good or yes. bad like this is where i am this is why i'm here i'm aware of that and now through all of my senses i'm going to practice whether or not this is where i want to be or what i need to do to to change it that's that's being mindful like all of that flows into recognizing that okay, yeah, people, people matter. Like the people we spend time with, those partnerships or those those mentorships or just those relationships. Heck, get out of the office and, and go for a hike with a friend tomorrow. Like right. right. a good friend, right? Not a complaining yeah. friend. Not the, yeah. the, not the friend that you have on your tech sh- chains. And I, I know those chains, they exist here too. Like I, I've been brought into some of them. Like get, <laughs> get on the right one get on the right one because that'll that'll sort of smooth the path towards towards being a more resilient human being
0: So good, so good and you know earlier you mentioned how how you've been here over 20 years doing this you know I think that one piece about when the context shifts on people is to get around positive people like we've been talking about and get around people with perspective you know we live in a culture where we kind of throw away older wiser people, you know, we don't realize that sometimes, especially in this industry, there's market dynamics that people have seen before, you know, and when you get around older, wiser people, they're almost always like, yeah, kid, that's just part of it. Keep working, keep showing up. Like, it's going to be like this, but they always say the same thing. They're like, yeah, don't sweat it. Just keep showing up. It, It goes like this sometimes. And so for me, when I'm really struggling, a lot of my mentors are much older than me. And I get around them and it's just like, there's a positivity and perspective too that just says of course it goes like this sometimes. Of don't don't be so mad. Don't be so shamed. Of course you lose some rounds. Of course you're trying to be an Olympian but you're going to lose a few of those. That's why that it takes a decade to do that. You know, it's like talking to people and helping them understand that the journey is hard. And your job is to keep showing up through that journey, recalibrating, taking action again, getting progress in areas that matter to you. Always be doing that because the context is going to shift. The interest rates will shift. The markets will shift. I mean, housing will shift. All these things over a period of time shift so significantly. But the ones who win are the ones who are riding it out. And they're recalibrating, and they're still paddling. You know, it's, like they, it's not that they didn't get turned over. They fell out of the boat, too. And then they got back in. They used that little hip snap. They got back up, and they're paddling again. And you're like, dang, they're still paddling. They got hit by the same wave. I'm going in to pack it up for the day. It's like, no, no, no. Some people are still paddling. And guess what? When the tides change, when the currents shift, They're so far out in front. Everyone's like, oh my God. And it's like, it's hard to explain that to people. But once you're around ambitious, high achieving people, you see they think that way. And it's why they always appear out front, not always in times of major market dynamic or disruption. Disruption can flatten everybody. Mm -hmm. But follow them for five, six, seven years. And they are so far out of everybody else Who quit paddling and quit complaining. And now the people who quit during the hard times, well, things change, but because they didn't keep going, they're starting from the shore again. The other guy, he's already on the Wealth Island because he kept going. So I think that you have to keep that perspective. To me, perspective is so positive when you play it over the long term. It's one of my secrets to not getting discouraged. You know, I'm a big history buff. So I read all this history, and, and when I see how far we've come, even though everyone hates where we're at right now, I'm like, oh, we're doing great. And It's hard for people to understand that if they haven't studied any history, they just think now sucks. Right. But if you study history, now's looking pretty good. Yeah. And so I want to encourage people, perspective can lift you out. The people around you can lift you out. Asserting yourself can lift you out. All these things help over time.
1: Yeah, I- agreed, I agreed. You know, Brendan, one of the one of the things that this this conversation then leads us to is, okay, um, if other people and other people's perspectives can 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 do such wonders for our own resilience, then what if we are other people? What if what yeah. if we there's yeah. a, as, as I look, there's a lot of leaders on this call that that have other people that rely on them to lead them and to show up and to be that? Yeah. Um, how do we drive resilience in our teams and, and and through other people? What are what are some of the things that well, that we need to practice, or what are the things that we can do such that such that will help? And by the way, all of us are leaders. All of us have people in our life that look to us, whether we recognize it today or not, but look to us and say, "Gosh, I'm I'm so glad you're here because you really got me through this." Could be yes, yeah. could be spiritual, could be economic, could be personal growth, could be career. But but what are the things that I should think about as a leader, so leading someone through or bringing someone along in their res- resiliency?
0: Um, first, I want to, again, give a huge shout out to everyone here right now, guys, because it's very uncommon that you are here. And these aren't actual common conversations as much as we think these. We think these conversations happen all the time out there. I'm like, trust me, I'm on the road. Most people don't do any self-improvement or personal development or personal growth like you all are. So a shout out, and I reference that because if we if we can look at a bigger picture, what's our ambition? What's the attitude we're going to choose? And then being honest as a leader, going, what's the obstacles we actually need to overcome right now? What do what do we got to overcome? Getting clarity about the obstacles we have to overcome is as important as defining what resilience looks like. You know, it's because most people, the obstacles that they're saying they have to overcome are things they absolutely can't control, right? If you sit around a bunch of unconscious people, especially right now, you go sit around a bunch of them, what are the obstacles we have to overcome? Oh, well, we got all this division between the Republicans and the Democrats, and it's it's the fault of the politics. That's, that's why we're at where we're at. I'm like, okay, um, you're not going to change that. So what's the obstacle you need to overcome in your career right now? Instead of being solution-minded, which is key to resilience, we become delegators of the problem. Hmm. Well, the problem is over here. It's their fault. Once they solve that, well, clearly interest rates will get better. It's like, no, no, no. Resilience is, what do I have to do? What do I have to overcome? What is the thing that I need to calibrate my actions to or my team's actions to? to get that action and that progress, however we define that today. Because guess what? this Monday to Friday, what is you know, action and progress might be very different than what it means four months from now. This is why leaders always need to be in what we call the performance conversation. The performance conversation is, where are we trying to go? What's our attitude in working together? What are we trying to overcome? And then the last piece of that is, what are the habits that are going to keep us chugging along while we fight these obstacles to get the breakthrough? Because he, beating an obstacle is the breakthrough. But the breakthrough is not success. The success is the long-term habits. And so you're going to have, we all have different obstacles right now based on the market, based on our job, based on our family. Like, identify the obstacles, hit them hard. That'll give you a breakthrough. That'll be like, oh, you solved it, you feel good. But then tomorrow your habits, you still the, the habits are the baseline. And so as a team, knowing what is our rhythm, what are our habits, what are our obstacles, what's the attitude we want, what's the ambition we're after. This has to be an explicit conversation. You can't expect your employees or anyone in your office to do this. And that's why I started with the conversation that this is super uncommon, y'all. Mm. I, I I go to Fortune 50. You know, teams that have literally a billion dollar budget for HR, and they're not even doing that because it's easier to avoid and to blame. But leaders go, let's have the conversation.
1: Yeah, it, it's it reminds me. Um, I read, uh, gosh, maybe a couple months ago, as I was thinking about like, you know, what what is the what is the right curriculum for real estate agents in twenty twenty three, right, and heading into twenty twenty four, and resilience was one of those topics. I came across an article where um, Tim Cook was talking about what got them through 2022, which was not a, which was a difficult year for every company, right? A heading yeah. into and in quarter four of 2022, Apple sort of beat Wall Street's expectations, and um, Tim Cook was, was was being interviewed, and he said, um, "I think instinctively, right, which means it was a habit, it was learned." instinctively they navigated this year by being resilient high-functioning teams right so resilient like as he looked at it it was these teams that came together and they operate in in a in a team format but each of those teams whatever they were working on whatever their purpose was whatever their mission was he said there were unprecedented challenges in our company. right There was these resilient, high functioning teams that that got together and figured out like what are we here to do and and then they they dove a little bit deeper and said, well, what were what did those teams do? like could you could you dive in and, and figure out like what were characteristics of those teams? and And he said, like we are we are really candid. Like there was massive candor on those teams. By the way, it was just like you were saying like teams need to have these conversations. They need to say okay what is our problem and people start right i love it delegating you said the problem instead of like that's not your problem like interest rates are not your problem inventory is not your problem you know what your problem is you're not picking up the phone you're not door knocking you're not at the open house you're not actually engaging with your past clients you have zero time on your schedule to build relationships like let's have the candid conversation it's going to build resilience Good. Second thing he said they were just wildly resourceful. Like yes. they were just resourceful. Like, is the budget different? Sure, it is. Is economics different? Sure, it is. Are there no challenges? Sure. But they got together and they, they recognized as a team, you're good at that, you're good at this, I'm good at this. We could do that. Like they were just resourceful. Love that. He said they were compassionate and empathetic. Like they cared about each other. Like these small groups and these big groups as a company, it was a time for people to show up and, and maybe they're down and, and they're like, but you know what? Brendan cares about me. Chris Chris cared about me. We were, we were empathetic and, and compassionate. And lastly, he said, when, when people are humble, when your team has humility, when they don't mm-hmm. show up like, oh, I got this. Because interestingly enough, if we show up and we, we lack humility, then everybody else is going to posture around us which means they're yep. going to hide the fact that they actually need help to be resilient. And that's a challenge too. And yet when we're a humble leader, guess what? People will recognize that you're not always having the best day, but they also feel that you're, you're able to understand where they are and they will come and ask for help. So it's like candor, resourcefulness, compassion and empathy and humility sort of are, are, are some of the characteristics to sort of build these, build these resilient teams.
0: You know what's interesting is, for the leaders here, is that you'd better, with your team, be opening the mail. You know, the metaphor I used earlier, I wasn't opening my bills, I was, I was avoiding the bills. Team leaders right now, when dynamics change, what happens for so many team leaders, especially if they had momentum, now they don't have momentum, they feel as a leader embarrassed or shamed that they're not getting the results. And they feel frustrated with the rest of the team that they're not getting the results. And so, what they do is this brilliant strategy of not talk about it. (laughs) And I'm here to tell you like, you need to open the bills with the team again. You know, I promise you, Tim Cook had his dashboards of metrics that he looked at every Monday and they talked about it, even though it was uncomfortable, even though the numbers were ugly. People forget during that time major swaths of even the S&P 500 were losing market value of 30 to 70%. I mean it was a bloodbath in the economy broadly more than real estate. And we forget that. You know Facebook lost like 70% of its value during this. You're talking about billions of dollars. I mean billions and billions of dollars per company wiped out in market cap. And so people People don't realize what a difficult time we've already come through. And that the people who came through it during that time when they're watching it all fall apart, I'm promising you, they engaged it. They were radical in their candor, and I love what you said, their resourcefulness that allowed them to recalibrate. Oh, wait, we, we can't do it the way you used to. So, okay, team, uh obstacle, uh, ambition, how do we do it? Now, that conversation of how do we do it now, has to happen after the disruption, which which builds confidence. By
1: the way, like as a team gets together and 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 says, "Gosh, this isn't what it used to be, but look what we're doing." Like I I, I can think of pieces of our business that that showed up on on my doorstep on. On 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 March first or April first, and I said, "This is not what I thought this was going to look like." And and it, it you know for a second, I'll be honest, like I went through like and speaking from experience from earlier, like, "Hey, you said that earlier, yeah," because I said it to myself, like I thought, "I don't need this, <laughs> yeah, like I'm good, like maybe I just let this part go away and and I don't have to think about it." But there was right. purpose, like I had purpose in that. Yes there was a purpose behind it and so so when when we get there we we got to flip that switch and say okay well like do is there a reason for me to do this if there's a reason for me to do this and i and then i get this small win and i get this small win it, by the way it's not nearly the win as i had a year ago that same month or even two months prior but i get these small wins then the team begins to look around at each other and say we could do this. Like there's confidence building. So again, that the faster, not to put a time frame on it, but the faster we build that habit to get back into movement, forward movement, that confidence rises. And I, again, I just, I believe it's such a big piece of just fueling our resistance, re- resilience rather, just, just gaining that confidence through that activity.
0: Yeah, so good. So good. Uh, you know, one area we didn't hit um, but it cued to me when you talk about humility. I think it's really important to have humility. And yet I always also say that the mark of greatness that I've always seen is there's a level of pride and self-respect in moving on and moving through things that you're like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to survive this because I'm going to respect myself after I do that. That's a different type of confidence we're talking about. But there's a pride of knowing that you're on the field and you want to win and I, I would say this i shared this with a friend of mine um who is in real estate and he was bemoaning but i listened to this for like an hour we're out for a walk i'm listening to this and this and going on and on and on and we walked by one of his properties and you're gonna have to help me with the language here buddy but you know the sign that's out front of the property and their name is on it yep. is there a name for that just the sign <laughs> thank you <laughs> whatever but it's you know it's it's his sign right yep. it's his his name is on the literal post and the sign in front of this house. Yeah. So we're walking along and I just grabbed him with shoulders. I go, bro, that's your name on that. And he's like, well, yeah. I goes, that, that's your name on that. He goes, yeah. I go, how dare you talk about yourself right now? You're, you're building that. That's your representation. The way you are speaking right now, that is your sign. Is this what the universe is supposed to see? This is the sign of who you are to talk like this for this last hour on the road? Take some pride in yourself. You got that deal. You got that post. Like, take some pride. And I think sometimes people need that. I'll give another example. Maybe that doesn't resonate with everybody here, but I feel like if you put your name on something, fight for that, show up for that. You handed someone your card, follow up with them. That's your card, that's your name, that's your reputation. Your resilience right now is your reputation. Do you not get that? I worked with this guy, big NFL coach, and uh, it's in the playoff season. And uh, for those who know, I don't know anything about football, so it's a it's a miracle that I am there, being paid what I'm paid to help this coach get through the playoffs. Unbelievable! Remember, I'm not the physical coach; I'm the mindset coach. <laughs> I'm his high performance coach, and. Uh, Clock is ticking down, game's almost over. The uh, the other team it has the ball and they do this wild play that nobody anticipates. I mean, it's completely this bizarre, uh, I think it's called a shovel pass, but they did multiple shovel passes and they get this touchdown. The place goes crazy. And the team that I'm on, the coach that I'm working with, he, I can immediately see he's kind of behind, he's like beside himself. The team all kind of gathers around because now they got to figure out the next play. So I'm just standing there. It's him, quarterback, defensive coordinator, and we're all just standing there. And the quarterback comes in his eyes. like, What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Just freaking out. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the coach goes, we're going to knock their and heads off. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Get out there. And it was so funny because it's like, we're still, we did not see that coming. What are we going to do? We're going to go win. We're going to go win. We're going to get back on this field. We're going to knock some heads off and we're going to go down the end of the field and we're going to get a point. Like, let's go. Like, it was so funny the way, how he got so assertive in it. We're going to do what we do because that's who we are. We're going to take pride in the fact that we're going to go back out there, knock some heads out, get a touchdown and win this game. It was so inevitable. It was so obvious that, of course, it sucks right now. So what are we going to do? We're going to go run our play. Yeah, the market disrupted. But my friend, he's stuck in that and is going, run the plays that got you the post, man. What got you the post? Go run those plays. The things you talked about earlier, making the calls, talking to old customers, knowing the market, like being engaged and running the plays you already know how to run, that's going to knock out the wins. You can't just stay discouraged and upset. You've got to find your chance to recalibrate and go, I'm going to lock it in. I'm going to get back on the field. I'm going to knock some heads. We're going to win. And that mentality gets sucked away from us when we're around complainers or we allow ourselves to wallow in uncontrollables versus what's the obstacle? Let me knock that out and keep going. That mentality is not a trait. That mentality is a choice. When you're on the field, when your name's on the post, that is a choice in the moment to keep going and to win. And a lot of people need to make that decision right now.
1: Yeah. You know, Brendan, the the last thing I'll say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna allow you to maybe just uh, you know just talk to the group one last time before we wrap up here as we're headed to the top of the hour. Um, I think what gets in the way of doing that is just noise. Uh, I, I saw um, Sean Aker speak recently. He he wrote the Happiness Advantage and did all that this research on what gets in the way of happiness, right? But but. Um, he had he had shared some research that that our 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 eyes right or or and our minds or brains receive 11 million bits of information right every second and yet the brain can only effectively process 40 bits of information and and from the day i heard that i remind myself of that in those moments of overwhelm that typically leads to discouragement which typically leads to me right not feeling the most resilient Like, listen, I got 11 million bits of information coming to me a second. What are the 40 that matter? Like, what are the 40 that matter? How do, what 40 am I focusing on? By the way, if I, there, there could be 10.9 million bits of positive information. And if I'm focused on 40, own that. Recognize that oh, I just have the forty wrong bits of information. Some of us need to look at our partners and look at our friends and look at our colleagues, and and not on this call, but maybe afterwards. Like, dude, you got the, you got the wrong forty bits. Like, go find yeah. bits to choose from. Like, go find your forty awesome bits of information because those those forty. Will allow you to to step out of what we're we we feel so sunk in into and and I just think that puts things in perspective. By the way, it's it's the it's the premise of all happiness as well. Like you know, I just choose I choose a different forty than most people, and that's my like. The world could be falling falling apart, and I feel like hey, like listen, let's let's go figure this out. Like let's go figure this out with people we like to figure things out with for people that we want to figure it out for. Like at yes, when that when we do that. It goes back to your first conversation around, it's a choice. Like, like we we I know we we talked for 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 an hour about resilience, but I could have just said, "Hey, Brendan, like, how do we become more resilient?" I'm like, Chris, choose to be like, just tell me to, to be. You don't got to get on a on a Zoom. Like, just choose it. And and I think there's such value in in that. So anyway, any any last comments when we think about this topic, why it's important. And and how 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 the people on 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 the call that you see need to need to plug in and 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 why it's important for them.
0: Yeah, well, I again, I just I celebrate everybody here. Very few people do this work to keep their mindset in the right place, so I celebrate you. I think Chris for having me here, and as you talked about, you know, it's focus and choosing the forty and where to focus on everything. I think that's so important. I'll just end with the story: is when I'm standing there with the coach, and he says, "We're going to knock their heads off." What I noticed was he didn't look around at the stadium of tens of thousands of people cheering and chanting for his and his team's demise. Mm. He didn't stare awkwardly at what's happening on the other team over there and what's going on over here and everything. He locked into the people who he had to get them on the field and get them to move. You have to zone out all of this distraction that is social media, that is all these other things that you just don't have control about and aren't making you feel good anyway, you have some players on the field. They need your time and attention to know what the next plays are to get that action and that progress again. And you already know it for yourself if you're the one on the field. But everyone here, don't forget, you're already on the field. Have that joy and that pride and that respect of putting in a full game, not opening, you know, not refusing to open the bills, not refusing to have the conversation, not asking how do we get resourceful? No, no, ask that. Engage that. Open that and work with the people on the field to move it down because you know what? It's going to be hard and it's going to be inch by inch, but then you break through and you get this momentum and you win. And I'm telling you like that earlier metaphor, people are still paddling and they're out there and it's like right now, oh, we can all collect in our little boats and complain about it. But we're going to open it up and look out there. and That guy, that girl, she's like miles away. You're not going to catch them. So do the groundwork and do the basics and win with the people on the field that you got. And I promise you'll be proud you did.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if everyone caught it earlier. I I almost said it, but I just let it go by. But when you were talking about the the paddler, uh, Brendan said, like, and then there's the other guy that has the hip snap. So I think we can probably... Probably sum up the call and just say like we just need more hip snap in our, in our <laughs> and, and we'll all be paddling ahead.
0: So some people me. know what I'm talking about. I promise. <laughs> as,
1: as as always, uh, appreciate you. Like we are, uh, our organization is just blessed to have someone like you that uh, stepped into the, the 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 chief growth advisory role for us. And 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 the the reason being is because your mission and your purpose is every day is a growth day. By the way, every, everyone at place already is on that app. But if, if you're here as a guest, which I think we have 500, 600 guests, like if you're, if you're here as a guest, download the app. Like I was just on a call this morning and, and one of our of our top agents here in, in Portland, you know Shelley said, I, I was asking him, hey, how do you get your day started?" And she goes, gotta be honest. I, I listened to the Daily Fire.
0: Like growth day. <laughs> every day right? so every oh, that's day, good. Every
1: growth day. It's it's hard to not be resilient if we show up with that. We we love having you here as a, as a supporter of place and as a as, as leading personal growth within our organization. And and you do that outside of this organization, you do it for the world. We know that's your mission. We're glad to just bring you to the real estate industry and look forward to doing that even at at greater levels. So thank you again. We thank everybody for being on with us. Uh, In the meantime, if if you need anything, you know where we are, reach out. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Brendan.
0: Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Hey, it's Brendan. And I want to tell you about Circle and how powerful it is if you're trying to build your online community outside of Facebook groups. You know, I had this problem a couple years ago where I just started noticing when I was running a Facebook group, um, really Facebook was incentivized to kind of steal my customer and steal my audience. So they recommend other things I didn't like, or honestly, my members were losing my posts in the feed. I didn't really have the information or the data about the people in the group that I wanted. It was hard to actually communicate with them offline, out of the group. And most importantly, it was hard to sell stuff and have an actual business from it without driving them to other places. And then came a long circle and it's just at the website circle.so. So So just go to circle.so, and you can see that they have built this incredible platform that allows you to host a community, go live in that community, and really segment the community into these different spaces where you can give people access to different levels of content or community, which I absolutely love. Because, you know, in my businesses, I've got new people coming in. I've got paying members coming in. I've got all these different products or courses or programs. And and they've always had these different logins. It's been all over the place. Now with Circle, it's in one place. My community can meet there. They can post, I can post. We can use like multimedia posts as well. They can post video or audio, so can I. I can organize things, all of my content in very unique places and grant access to only some people. And of course, I can have my team in there moderating the whole community with me. Everybody needs this. Everyone's trying to build their community, but they struggle. Like what system or what tools do you need to use or have? Trust me, building it out on your own, not an option. Too expensive, too time consuming. So go to circle.so and check it out. If you're trying to build a community and really maintain control of that community, and do a great job serving them and building a business from it, go to circle.so. Hey, are you on my text list? Did you know if you're in the U.S., you can text me at 1-503-212-6125. I actually have that text number on my Instagram account bio as well, if you want to go check it out. It's just... 503-212-6125